If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. I've been searching high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. So I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. But you need to eat five or more ordinary dark chocolate bars every day to match the flavanols consumed in most of these studies. Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Cocoa Powder and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and it's our weekly Q&A with Layla, my favorite time of the week. Glad I was able to make it because uh, I've been a little under the weather for the past couple of days, but feeling better today. Not in the office. Uh, joining me electronically, virtually, is uh, my uh, co-anchor uh, for this weekly podcast, uh, Layla Mutinitz. That's why I'm calling it. Q&A with Layla. How are you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman. How are you? Good. So Everything is virtual, so we know how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, though I prefer to do it in person, but, you know, we weren't in the office sure. today for good reason. So, um, let's uh, proceed with questions. We have a question about uh, idiopathic urticaria, right? Yeah, yeah. Fran writes, Dr. Hoffman... My 42-year-old son has been suffering with spontaneous and frequent hives, lip swelling, sometimes his tongue, for several months. He's been on Claritin to prevent this from happening, and his allergy doctor didn't take any allergy tests but diagnosed his condition as chronic idiopathic urticaria, told him it's not dangerous and don't bother going to the ER when it happens, there's no need for an EpiPen, and take Claritin twice a day or up to four times a day. Dr. Hoffman, what's your take on this allergist's advice, and what would you suggest for his condition? I think that the advice is uh, incomplete, and I'm kind of surprised at that kind of perfunctory approach by uh, supposed allergists. I'm surprised that it wasn't tested further. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not, you know, we're getting a little bit into the weeds here because that's a condition where I'm not sure that there are specific blood markers and it may be that there are certain blood markers that uh, the doctor uh, obtained and then has rendered this this diagnosis. So, you mm -hmm. know, as I kind of joked earlier, idiopathic means we're idiots. We don't know why it occurs. So there's no mm -hmm. specific cause. So, I mean, you could say some people have an allergy to something and they swell up, they get anaphylactoid reactions. Yes, uh, which are or anaphylactic reaction. Anaphylactoid means anaphylactic-like, not quite life-threatening, but you know, mm -hmm. swelling of the lips, you know, or tongue, or you know, things Not like to that. To be very concerned, right? So minor throat closing that doesn't impair breathing, but anaphylaxis is a life-threatening condition that requires immediate uh, medical assistance with an EpiPen <laughs> or something. So, okay, um, when we see patients like this, uh, we invoke uh, the MCAS model, you know, which is 
the mast cell uh, activation syndrome. Yeah, where you know we might test for histamine and other uh, allergy causes. And yes. yes, okay, so you might say, well, take an antihistamine. Well, generally, if we're really trying to suppress um, uh, allergy symptoms in a patient with urticaria, we might use uh, a traditional uh, antihistamine like, uh, you know, can name some, uh, you know, things like Allegra. Benadryl. Benadryl. Well, Benadryl is, is too sedating. It's, it's the kind of thing you can take at bedtime. You it can't really function is. on Benadryl. Uh, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, and but it's also helpful to take uh, another form of an H2 blocker, which is usually used for stomach acid, which is Pepsid uh, or Zantac. Yeah, Pepsid is it's actually preferable, mm-hmm. and you you double them up and you get a better coverage. So that's number one when it, on the medical side. So, uh, but I I've, I've seen and you've seen patients who are in the office and they're already on that regimen. They're still having breakthrough symptoms. So what we do is, yeah. we, we, it's not like you are allergic to a specific thing. You may be allergic to a, a category of things, which are histamine-producing foods. And that's where I hand off to you, and I go, I say, go see Layla, because she's going to tell yeah. you about the foods that you should avoid. Uh, because it's not the yeah. traditional food allergy-inducing things like, you know, milk, wheat, corn, exactly. soy, eggs. It's like, it's really healthy foods like spinach, and avocados and tomatoes berries. and sardines and, and certain nuts and berries and things like that. Yeah. 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 So, and, you know, obviously yeast containing things, fermented foods, uh, even right. uh, probiotics can actually sometimes uh, be histamine Bone broth. inducing. Bone broth. Bone health, broth. Sure. Leftovers. Leftovers are a no no yeah. on, a, on a low histamine. Yeah. And there are many different versions of the low histamine diet. So one can. True, you know, and they and they all differ, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. the gospel according to whoever, you know, what apostle you follow, you know, on the uh, low histamine diet. But there, there's a lot of overlap about some common denominators of that diet that helps. Uh, then uh, you can also administer DAO. Uh, DAO is helpful, uh, which mm-hmm. is diamine oxidase, which is a pork derived thing which actually yeah. helps to uh, restore the ability to break down histamine because some people genetically have a fault in their DAO gene and they're more prone to uh, uh, mast cell activation syndrome. Mast cells mm-hmm. are, are the cells that release histamine and other bad things. So they just don't, they cause a, a whole rash of problems. That's a pun. Uh, they, <laughs> they cause, yeah. uh, you know, all kinds of, bodily symptoms because the mast cells when they release their contents release a lot of uh, substances that have a damaging effect on the body Uh, so you know the symptoms are not just swelling the symptoms can be you know any number of things so um, that I think that approach I think would be a more successful approach I wrote an article about that a couple years back maybe it requires an updating uh, luteolin is a supplement that is helpful for that. That's an extract of celery. I presume celery and celery juice are permitted on this diet. Luteolin, yes. Yeah. yeah. So these are some things that can be helpful. And a, and a lot more people are drinking celery juice for the uh, NO, for the nitric oxide. Okay, right. Oh. That ancillary yeah. benefit. Uh, any Think of any other supplements that are specifically helpful for that? 
Oh, lots of quercetin. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Maybe six a day. Lots of vitamin C because it has a histamine lowering ability. Right. As well. Right. Very good. And I know we do like dehist, which also contains the, not just the quercetin, but the, uh, the nettles and the bromelain. Right. Right. Which is helpful. Coming back to enzymes again. Yeah. Yeah. So. So there are things to do. There, I think there are things to do beyond that. So I'm a little bit um, puzzled as to why they just stopped. Okay, let's take some antihistamines. Mm. Yeah. Anyhow, Fran, thank you for your email. We hope your son feels better soon. Wow. Yeah. Because it's it, it it's not it's um it's embarrassing for a young person to you know show up at school with a big swollen lip you know that kind of thing. It's I remember. Well, he's forty two. <laughs> okay. He's forty two. Okay. <laughs> or showing up to work with a big swollen lip. That's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh everybody works virtually anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Uh we've got a question here from Karen. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, what oils and fats should someone with familial hypercholesterolemia and coronary artery plaque use for cooking and baking. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for all of your great health and nutrition advice. I've been listening since the health talk days and look forward to the podcast every day. Thank you, Karen. Dr. Hoffman, I'd like to start here by saying, because she asked for cooking and baking. Right. I want to say don't bake Yeah. if you're talking about pastry. Right. Right, because that's so that's certainly a contribution to cholesterol, and you know, but, absolutely. But you know, uh, yeah. we have to, I think, distinguish uh, and explain what familial hyperlipidemia is. And yes. I think we use this term interchangeably with ordinary people who have slightly high cholesterol. You know, like uh, I myself have a cholesterol of two thirty, uh, mm-hmm. but I also don't have any coronary calcification. So I, it could, and I have an HDL of like 75. So it could hardly be said that I, I do have by some criteria hyperlipidemia because the, the criteria are very stringent. They want your cholesterol under 200 or under 180 or whatever, you know, whatever the latest, greatest formulation is. Um, and I think we have a question about assessment coming up. So I won't talk too much about that. But in familial hyperlipidemia, true familial hyperlipidemia, people can have a cholesterol of, Three, four, five, six hundred. You know, yes. and that is not about diet. This is really not about diet. It's genetic, and it's it's so it, diet may make a minor contribution to that. But if the person, uh, you know, uh, subsisted on uh, distilled water and peat moss, they would still have a cholesterol of four fifty. You know, well. And let's explain why. It's because, aside from this mutation, is that the liver is cranking out 80% of the production of cholesterol in the body because it's a necessary substance. Yep, yep. But in, in these people, in these well, people it, it's gone awry. It's gone awry. It's, yeah. a, it's a mechanism yeah. that's gone awry. Yeah. Um, and so... Karen, mm-hmm. so the thing to do... Karen, the thing to do is to stay away from the pro-inflammatory vegetable oils. I'm talking about yep. your corn oil, safflower, sunflower, canola oils, cottonseed, I believe, is the worst 
all of these vegetable oils are very, very pro-inflammatory. The best oils and fats to use for cooking and baking, since you asked, <laughs> coconut oil, olive oil, real good quality olive oil, mm -hmm. real butter, pastured butter. These saturated fats are very stable under high heat cooking, meaning they don't oxidize, oxidize readily and become rancid and cause inflammation when we ingest them. Yeah. So these would be the safest fats to use. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't worry so much about diet, but I would use diet for this reason is that yeah. Uh, cholesterol is not the whole name of the game. If you have high cholesterol and you're overweight and you're pre-diabetic and you have a lot of inflammation, that will much increase your risk for cardiovascular disease. So yeah. uh, if you take two people with a very high cholesterol uh, and one is, you know, uh, 300 pounds and sedentary uh, and eats junk food versus another person who's, you know, very physically active and, uh, you know, is 165 pounds, uh, you're going to see a difference in outcomes. So yeah. I would use the diet to maintain optimal weight and, uh, you know, have an anti-inflammatory diet, as you suggest. And also, I wouldn't yes. minimize the amount of omega-3 fatty acids that you would get from, um, from fish sure oil. Make sure you're getting a good dose, a good dose from a good omega-3 supplement like orthomega or getting as well as getting enough good source like wild alaskan salmon not farm raised mm -hmm. not scottish not norwegian that's pretty junky you want wild alaskan salmon uh you want sardines that's another great source of omega-3 anchovies are another very good source of omega-3 yeah put them on Eat your salad good fish yeah. yeah put them on your caesar salad um Absolutely. so uh but these by the way these are these people are candidates for cholesterol-lowering drugs. I mean, I got I to gotta state it. Uh, I'm not, and I, you'll see it in next week's newsletter article, uh, I'm not a complete uh, Luddite or nihilist about cholesterol-lowering drugs for certain people who have very high risk. Sure. And there's no question yes. that statistically those people uh, try as they might with an excellent diet and exercise, they're still at higher risk and they need their cholesterol lowered. So they can go on statins, but the newer drugs that I actually proposed for these conditions are PCSK9 drugs. And I actually, yes, yeah, and I talk about them in, in my newsletter article. And, and the fear is, uh, you know, with these drugs can drop uh, your LDL cholesterol to 30 or 40. And that's, that's your LDL cholesterol. And that's frightening. But uh, the result in a person who is at high risk is beneficial. To do that yeah. in a person who has low risk or minimal risk is there's more harm done than benefit. The benefit is slight and the harm might be great. Um, but, uh, you know, recently, and I'll talk about it in the article uh, mm -hmm. that is in the newsletter, I recently did a survey of, uh, and we talked about it in a recent podcast, so I'll just reiterate this. There's not a lot of evidence that cholesterol lowering to that extent with the PCSK9s the new category of drugs that are going to be used more and more. Let's face it. They're injectable. They're expensive. It's hard to qualify for the drugs. They're for people who need them. Yeah. Um, that um, there's not a lot of evidence that those drugs will suck the cholesterol out of your brain and leave you demented. 
Mm. There's actually more evidence on statins, which are weaker. Which is the fear of taking ordinary statins, right? Yeah. You know, with statins, there is a little bit of evidence that there's some cognitive uh, downsides to statins. I got to admit. Uh, like that global amnesia that you mentioned once. Yeah, that it can happen. It's for real. Uh, yeah. You know, but it, by and large, the circulatory benefits may outweigh the uh, depletion effects on, on cholesterol. But you know, the word's not out. Uh, I am not inalterably opposed. So anyway, let's move on yeah. to the next question because I think the next question is also amplifies on this. It has to do with uh, testing for cardiovascular risk. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yes, that's further back. Let me see. Oh, here we go. This comes from Bruce. I'm Bruce from East Texas. I've been listening to your program for about 15 years. Awesome. From time to time, (laughs) from time to time, you've talked about two pattern sizes of LDL, A and B. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend someone 65 years of age have a test done to find whether they have mostly pattern A or pattern B? What's the test called? NMR? Yeah. Poly? Acrylamide yep. gradient gel electrophoresis, or perhaps uh, yeah. just an advanced lipid panel. Yeah, this is there's a wonky question. It it should be part of an advanced lipid panel, but isn't necessarily what you're talking about is a particle size. Okay, so you yep. know, and we've we've gone through this. Is uh, you know, we know about the good and the bad cholesterol, so called. The good cholesterol is the HDL, and the bad cholesterol is the LDL. Well, it turns out that's yep. an oversimplification because HDL per se is not the ultimate determinant of whether you have cardiovascular disease because sometimes high HDL is not protective and sometimes low HDL is not the crack of doom. So then there's LDL uh, and then they always want to lower LDL. Well, sometimes LDL can be high, but it's the the size of the particle that determines the atherogenicity of the LDL. And it is less atherogenetic when it is uh, large, fluffy LDL. Uh, That doesn't entirely give you a pass, but if your particle size, the majority of your particles are large fluffy, then you're more pattern A as opposed to pattern B with small, dense uh, LDL particles. And um, so then what I'm liking these days is a total assessment of cholesterol, HDL, and triglycerides. And I'm liking particle size. Uh, mm-hmm. as a breakdown, which is NMR. Like he says, it's nuclear magnetic resonance, yes. you know, whatever. That's the technology that gives you particle size. Uh, and then I like looking at uh, apolipoprotein B because apolipoprotein B uh, may be the single biggest uh, determinant of whether you're going to get cardiovascular disease. And if that's high... That is especially in the presence of some coronary calcification, because the ultimate determinant is you have zero coronary calcification. You're just not a candidate for drugs. You just aren't. Yeah. Because it's it's almost it it is zero point five percent of people who have zero calcification on a cal- calcium score get cardiovascular disease, which is why I was Dr. relieved. And I've had I've had patients come into my office saying my cholesterol is high. My doctor still wants to put me on a statin, even though I have a zero calcium score. Yeah, and that's um, a stubbornness that, that I think needs to be eradicated. Yeah, it, uh, it it it's it's based on a small point, which is it is actually possible that uh, there some of that plaque is not disclosed because of the limitations of that study. That some of it may be soft plaque, which is not visualized. But it's very yes. rare to okay. see so much soft plaque in the absence of any calcific plaque. So there yes. needs to be better 
schooling of doctors. I mean, look, doctors are all in on cholesterol lowering. The other argument yeah. might be like, okay, you're fine now, but you know, uh, in 20 or 30 years, you could get cardiovascular disease. We still need to lower it. Look, there is a very, very strong push that is even accelerating now with these new cholesterol drugs to lower cholesterol uh, in everybody, in everybody. Yeah. And that's uh, the, the continuing education that doctors are getting, uh, mm-hmm. which is really stampeding them into prescribing uh, statins and even more powerful drugs for everyone. And I think that these drugs have a place and I would like to uh, apply them where they make a difference. So the other thing I need to be mentioned is LP little a. LP little a is very critical. That is LP a little one. a. In the, even in, in the presence of normal cholesterol, if you have a very high LP little a, you're at high risk. And the problem with LP Absolutely. little a is it's not amenable to diet change. It's not amenable to exercise very much. It's not amenable to yeah. a lot of interventions. It's not amenable to supplements. It's, you're just stuck with it. And it's a genetic thing. And yeah. statins won't lower LP little a. They may even raise LP little a a little bit. And wow. so the new PCSK9 inhibitors actually lower LP a little a a little bit. And that may be part That's of the promising. advantage they, they confer. They're also That's coming up with new drug mm-hmm. innovations, which is uh, what are called antisense drugs, which are designed to confuse the body into not synthesizing LPA. And that's on the drawing boards. And that may be wow. a breakthrough or it may be a bust. You know, we don't know because these drugs need to be safety tested. And there may be, you know, it's like not nice to fool with Mother Nature sometimes. And there can be adverse consequences. Oh, so tuned for that. Okay. Yeah. So, so these are new new types of drugs. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so I think now's a good time yeah. for uh, uh, a break. Oh, okay. I thought we did that. But let's do that now. Oh, did we? Yes. Do we allow our sponsors an opportunity to? No, we didn't. Are we just going? No, we didn't. Okay, so let's allow yeah. our sponsors <laughs> this opportunity to share a vital message with you. So here it goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Okay, so uh, in conclusion, because we're kind of running short on time, uh, and uh, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, I seem to be doing pretty well on this podcast, but maybe my COVID is throwing my timing off as a, l- a little bit here. But uh, time flies when you're having fun, or maybe I'm just lonely because I haven't talked to anybody. I'm in quarantine and I'm just going on and on. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. We with uh, we have to conclude with uh, this message. Um, I just want to emphasize that. Um, let's see, we have one final message. Do you have that message? Uh, uh, I do. You want to first of all the email for questions to Q and A with Layla, which is me. Hello, <laughs> questions at drhoffman.net. 
questions at drhoffman.net. We really appreciate getting your questions uh, and your topics of interest. You can also call to record your question for the Intelligent Medicine Radio Show anytime 24-7. That phone number is 877-726-8255. That's 877-726-8255. Okay, and I also want to mention that, you know, when we talk about supplements on this program, and some of them are a little esoteric, you know, like uh, I'll mention things like uh, quercetin and luteolin and, you know, things like that, high-dose melatonin. Uh, You can shop hundreds of curated, vetted supplements in my full script dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. And uh, you can get fast, free shipping. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. a plus. And it's safe, secure, and includes world-class customer service. And uh, you can avoid the uh, Amazon phenomenon where sometimes you're not sure quite mm, what you're getting, whether it's real, counterfeit, uh, they don't do. Oh, and, and, and found in a dumpster. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I think they're, they're somewhat cleaning up their dumpster act. diving yeah. and reselling on Amazon. It's kind of, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it, it, it's like your Amazon storefront is a picture of a dumpster. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so avoid that by going to uh, com and register for Fullscript and order your supplements through there. Unfortunately, uh, we just had a sale. I want to thank all the people who availed themselves of the uh, Black Friday, uh, Cyber Monday sale. Uh, lots of people uh, stocked up on supplements for the holidays. And uh, that uh, mm-hmm. we'll repeat one of those sales pretty soon. So stand by. Meantime, order whatever you need. Thanks for uh, helping me along today, Layla. Yeah. You sound good. You're coming along. You'll be fine. Oh, yeah. I'm turning the corner on this big time. And uh, yes. talking to you today has lifted my spirits. So enjoy doing it. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. All right. I'm Dr. Right. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212 212- Seven seven nine one seven four four. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.